So, your plans changed. What now? Recording artist Jane Claudio knows what it's like to have her plans change drastically. As soon as you meet Jane, you notice this magical quality she has about her. It's a quality that brings her music and her story to life as she shares them. In this episode, she tells her story of dreaming big dreams, then discovering a cancer diagnosis, and the crazy journey she has lived through since then. Her story will give you a new perspective on dealing with change, hearing God's voice, and how to respond when unexpected disappointment strikes. This is the Non-Exclusive Podcast. Stories that remind you you're not the only one. Hosted by Rebe and Candice. You might know Jane from her artist name, Nightbird, and her song, Girl in a Bubble. She also just released a music video to the song that we'll link in the description of this episode. Thanks so much to Jane for sharing your art and your story with us today. You are awesome. And while you're checking out Nightbird, you can join the conversation about dealing with change over on Instagram and Facebook at Non-Exclusive Podcast. We'd love to talk to you. And now, let's hear Jane's story. So I started pursuing music around uh, the time that I was 20 years old, and that became like my whole universe. And I kind of discovered this new part of myself, and I realized like that I was good at it. And, and God started to like kind of pour water on like this little seed of a dream that I had. And uh, during the time when I was in college, I had a lot of success and a lot of like really great momentum in music. And I was just, I felt like God was so on my team and uh, this was like a thing that we were dreaming of to do together. In my pursuit of like succeeding in music, I kind of had like a uh, like an epiphany moment where I realized I didn't like the person that I was. And I had a moment where I realized I was liked and known by everyone around me, but I wasn't liked or known by myself. And uh, that's when I decided I need I need to like disappear for a second and and like recalibrate and remember who I am and why I started doing this in the first place. So I moved to my hometown and I was going to stay there for about a month or two. And my plan was to move to Nashville like right away. And when I got to uh, Ohio, I was at church and some woman came up to me and she said, I feel like the Lord is telling you that uh, he's not going to give you anything new to do until you learn how to sit at his feet. And at the time, I was really happy to get that news because I was really exhausted. Like, I was so exhausted from, like, spending myself and spending all this energy getting everyone to like me and support me and, like, rally behind my music. And I was like, this is, you know, awesome. God is giving me a, a month to learn to sit at his feet. And, you know, I thought it was going to be like, oh, I can learn to sit at your feet. Like, easy. No problem. Give me a two weeks. I got it. And then we're back on the road. Like, let's roll. Um, but I had no idea that that journey was going to be way like years and years longer than what I had expected. So I kind of had this agreement with God, um, and that it would be like a three year period where like, I really wouldn't try to have attention or be in the spotlight or succeed. But like, my job was just to like, I don't know, my job was to make sure that I was somebody that was worthy of having a platform or a voice. And, and to make sure that uh, I was the kind of person that could stand up on a stage because I have something to offer, not because I needed something from these, like, crowds of people. You know, it was a really hard 
uh, thing to like unlearn, I guess to unlearn the need to always have people's affirmation and attention all the time. Um, but like, like God taught me so much and I, I really was feeling like so healthy and so whole at the end of these three years. And I felt like it was kind of, it was like a resurrection thing, like three days in the belly of the wheel, three days in the tomb. And then there was this resurrection. Then in September, 2017, when I was kind of gearing up to like do music again, I was so ready. Um, everything just crumbled down and I found out that I had cancer. So that was um, a bad day. Um, what was going through your head at that point? Like when you found that out? I was just so confused. Like I was trying to make sense of it because uh, I just had it in my head like the month and the year. Like I had laid down music in uh, the end of 2014 and I had my last show um, I think it was at the end of September and then God said three years. And so I was like, okay, September, 2017 is like my turn and I'm going to be faithful with these three years and I'm going to, I don't know, I'm going to do like be obedient with like whatever I'm asked to do, even if it's not what I wanted. And then like to have, I don't know, I don't know the end of that time. And I felt like that was my little trial period. And I was like, yes, I did it. And then to get like this more bad news, like it was supposed to be like resurrection, like coming back to life. And then I get this like news that I might not even live at all in like the most direct sense. Um, so I was, I had a lot of questions for God. I was just, I don't think my reaction, my gut reaction like wasn't anger. It was just like confusion and disappointment. I was just like, what? Like this doesn't make any sense. But I also know that like, uh, when God promises you something or says something to you, like sometimes we will attach our own meaning to it according to what we're hoping for. And so when God said like resurrection after three years, I thought that that meant like resurrection in my career. Like I was going to get a phone call and be on Ellen two days later, you know, <laughs> but like, uh, like I think God's, God's definition of resurrection looked a little different for me in that moment. know I have written down here like how did you deal with this drastic change of plans because this was and I mean I think a lot of us go through changes of plans like this is not what I expected but like you said this was just so stark yeah and when I heard that this was a piece of your story I was like that is some serious change of plans so if anybody figured out like how to deal with it or or even like you struggled and then you learned something you would know. So how, how did you start to deal with that? And where did that bring you? Yeah. I guess when you walk with the Lord for like long enough a time, you just kind of know his heart. And I don't know, it's just like, an, it's just like, you're so like tethered to him and attached to him. Like you kind of know, like there's something here. Like, like it's not what it seems to be because God wouldn't have told me that if like everything that the doctors are saying is true. I think that when we come, we, when we uh, kind of collide with a big disappointment like that and this huge like life altering, like change of plans and a complete plot twist, um, my first reaction was kind of like to just turn inward and to kind of like, like shut down and like completely disassoci disassociate from myself 
and and kind of be like okay well I have to figure this out I just have to get through this I'll figure it you know I just have to get through this and I have to function and like I don't have time to feel what I'm I don't have time to feel these emotions I don't have time to have these conversations I just need to figure out how I'm gonna live and there's also in the in moments like that when you get diagnosed with something crazy you also spend a lot of energy managing everyone else's reactions and emotions about what's happening so I just everything in me wanted to like shut down and like just power through it you know put your head down and like pull the plow but I felt that the only real thing that the Lord said to me during that time was like look at me in the face I just imagine like like when you're being broken up with or when someone's giving you really bad news or something you like don't want to look at them while they're talking to you because you know like they're going to see something in your face or you're going to see something in theirs and it's just you're just going to break down and so that felt like so vulnerable for me but that that was like the only thing that God asked of me during that time he said just like like keep looking at me in the face and lots of people experience disappointment with God and unanswered prayers and stuff like that but um, maybe what made everything so profound about my journey was that like I like I said yes to that request and I did like I looked at him in the face and I got alone with him and and instead of being like so like too angry to look up I just looked up and I didn't know what I was going to get but the only response that I felt from the Lord in that in those moments was just like I am so sorry that this is happening and like the more that I listened the more that I like that that like instinct that like connection with the Lord that you have like um it just grew like so so deep I could sense that he wasn't going to shrivel it up like he he told me that he wasn't going to he said you're going to be okay you're going to live and not die but you're going to walk through it and like there's a reason so don't be mad at me when people are trying to cast it out of you and make it shrivel up because it's not going to shrivel up and God is so kind like that he's so kind um like just to tell you the truth and to prepare you for the things that are going to happen so when when whoever's listening to this if if you're going through a big change a big plot twist a big disappointment like like the only advice that I can give you, which is the only thing that God asked of me is to like look at him in the face and listen because God is so kind. And even if it's bad news, he will tell you gently the same way that he did with me. During that time, did any like part of the, like just sitting at his feet and like resting at his feet like come into like play like again because I just feel like that's just so like the heart of God to be like I need you to do this in like not that you he was like preparing you for this thing but just like no like you need this um and I can just see him doing that so I'm just curious yeah that's I've never thought I've never made that connection before but it is funny that God was like okay your one and only task is to sit like learn how to sit at my feet and to hear me and to listen. Things would have gone very, very differently for me in my cancer season if I had not spent those years learning his voice so well. Yeah, man, yeah. that's, that that's just wild. so lovely. Like, yeah. just like that, I just love that about God because he just, he so, so prepares us for like all things, you know, because if it wasn't, you know, cancer, it just have been another hard season, but because you could hear his voice better 
then you knew his voice and you recognized it. And that's, I just, I really love that. So, yeah, it is so good. It reminds me of, um, when Peter steps out of the boat and he's on the water and, uh, like for a second, he, I don't know, maybe like the ridiculousness of the situation, like I'm walking on water and there's waves all over me and I'm not sinking like for whatever he was in this like state of wonder initially that he didn't like understand that. And then he takes his eyes off of Jesus and looks at everything around him and starts to freak out and like drown in the water. But when he was just looking at Jesus face, like everything was fine and he was actually miraculous. I think often, is it a miracle that I'm alive? Yeah, I think so. Maybe, but really the miracle that God was doing in that moment was the miracle of the way that I was able to walk through that season, like with joy and confidence and just like a peace and an openness and like without bitterness. That was like the real miracle of the situation more than the physical healing, I think. Catch up the person who's listening. So here you are, you're sitting with this. And now here you are today in this totally different season. So can you fill in that gap and kind of talk about where you are now and how you got from there to here? Yeah, it's totally nuts. Like, it's so crazy for me to, like, think about the arc of my story. After about, like, I don't know, nine or ten months of cancer treatment, um, my scans came back cancer-free. Um, yes. I was, gonna, I was like, do we cheer? <laughs> yes. We need, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and... At that point, uh, I mean, I don't know. The, wor- the world of, like, cancer and illness and disease is, like, just so full of fear um, that even after you are called cancer-free, actually, they, I don't even know if they even call you cancer-free or they won't call you um, cured or healed because that they can't promise that. They don't know that they can cure cancer. But they'll say there's no detectable disease at this point. And that's like about as positive as it gets. Yeah. They'll say right now that we can't find any cancer in your body. If it's there, it's too small for us to see. So that's like the kind of the best thing that they'll say. And so uh, it is hard like to walk out of that season and know the statistics and know that uh, like I don't have cancer right now. That's detectable, but there could be cancer in there. There could be lots of little tiny cancers in there. Who knows? But I'm here now and today, you know, and I'm happy to be here. But more of like uh, the crazy things that have happened is like after I started to get better um, and this was like before I had even finished my cancer treatment, I had just gone through like my bilateral mastectomy. And then after they did that, then the scans came back. They do like kind of like a post-op scan and the, the lab results don't come back for 24 hours. So after they did that, they realized the cancer had traveled like much further than they thought and they had to do a second surgery. Um, and it was kind of like during that season and I was on these like really amazing pain medications that I would highly recommend <laughs> to anyone that needs it um, with cancer. But um, yes. with cancer only. With cancer. Yes. <laughs> um, my pain meds were wearing off because I had these two surgeries back to back and I had these awful this is like kind of TMI, but I'm just going to tell you, I had these nasty like drains coming out of my rib cages mm-hmm. with these like little, like look like Christmas ornaments full of blood. No, that was just like, real life. It was just draining That's out hard. of my yeah. like chest cavity because they, and my mom had to like squeeze them into the, like she would like squeeze them into a bucket and like dump it out in the sink wow. for me. Cause oh I was like, gosh. I couldn't sit up because they cut my chest open 
and moved my um, like uh, chest muscles and they're not on my rib cage anymore. They're like on top of my little fake tatas. Wow. Oh my gosh. So it was really bad surgery. And I was, I was like feeling really just like discouraged. Like if, when you're sick for so long, like it really messes with you. And uh, I woke up from a dream and the Lord said, in the dream, expect your career to take off fast. It's going to go from zero to 100 and you can expect it this time next year or sooner. I heard it like so specific in my dream. And so, and th- I, I hear from the Lord a lot in dreams, but it sounded too much like something I would want to hear. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Meh. like if that was you, you need to confirm that to me elsewhere because I probably made that up because I want that to happen. And sure enough, Three days later, my mother-in-law sends me a text and she said, I'm, I was praying for you this morning and the Lord told me that it's only going to take one second for your career to go from zero to 100 and you can expect it this time next year or sooner. Oh my God. That's exactly the same. Yeah, exact same <laughs> words as I heard in my dream. Zero from 100, this time next year or sooner. And so I was like, oh my gosh. Like, And she said, "Like, don't grow weary in well-doing things are going to come for you and it hasn't been in the season that you wanted but like all the promises are true so at that point after even they had like called me cancer free they recommended that I do a million and a half more treatments and because I got that word from the Lord like something was coming sooner than a year from now I was like I can't be sick for it they were recommending like more chemo and radiation and hormone therapy and lots of more things that I would I would have been sick for a very long time after if I had said yes to those extra treatments, but I declined them. I said, no, um, I don't want to finish. Like, I think I just felt like a finality to it in my heart. Like it's over. So then I was kind of like, okay, I'm going to focus on music now and I'm just going to do Nightbird stuff. Nightbird is my artist name, which is cool. Another dream story as well. But I started getting ready for Nightbird stuff. So I did all these photo shoots. I started writing. I like, got some stuff ready because I'm like something is coming I don't know when I don't know what but I will be ready and uh this was like almost exactly it was sooner than a year just like the dream but I had heard that in February and then January of the following year I get an email and I was invited to open up for Tori Kelly in a sold out arena show that's incredible um that was just this year right yeah Yeah. that happened in April and like whoa it was such a it really truly was zero to 100 because when I got that email I had not released girl in a bubble I had zero material out in the universe and so it's just like God giving me a little wink like hey you don't even have to release a song I will put you on I will put you on the stage um and so it really was super nuts like I just had like five-star treatment we had like I don't know I had like a green room and and two runners (laughs) Asked them to get me like the purple talkies in, in my rider. <laughs> and I wanted kombucha and I wanted organic blueberry. And they just like did the whole thing. It was just insane. And I had like a dressing room to myself. And I had like my name on the door. And I had have to have like a special like pass to get up the elevator to go up where all the food was. And since I'm eating like all organic, they ordered me like a special meal and like a green juice. It was it was crazy. It was so cool. And then, you know, like the emotion, like that's like that pre-Super Bowl scene where you're walking through the freaking tunnel. And I was in my sparkle jacket and I was just a good sparkle jacket. I saw pictures. And I was just walking through the tunnel, like, what? And I just hear, like, the rumble of the crowd, you know? And this was, I was, like, I was just the opener. 
and I was asked to play alone with a piano. And so just think about that moment, like me alone with a piano. So it was it was really, really cool. Um, and since that, like, that was such like a skyrocket moment. And since then, I've kind of like cruised it. It's not like one thing after the other after the other. But just that moment to for God to say, like, I know right now you have like drains coming out of your rib cage with blood in them that your mom is emptying into a bucket. But hey, like, just hold on because like something really big is going to come for you and it's going to come so fast. And it was true. And it happened. So, I mean, that's just like the craziest thing. It was so it was so God. Have you ever heard of that before? Someone gets invited to open up for a two-time Grammy award-winning artist in a sold-out arena show who has never released a song before. Like, have you ever heard of that? Nope. I have That's not. insane. I've never this is the that. first time. That's insane. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why that happened to me, but because God. It was because God. And because yep. we were obedient. Yeah. And because you looked, you sat with him and you looked at his face and you continued to just look to him versus all the surroundings and like that's yeah. just what he that's how much he loves us like yeah that's I'm that just is so incredible I mean yes and so yes it was a it's the same thing with cancer like yes it was a complete miracle that I got invited to do this like wild show but like the bigger miracle was I got up there on that stage and like I had everything to give and I didn't need anything from this audience like in the past, in my past self, I would get up on a stage and be so freaked out and so nervous and so insecure, feeling like I had to impress these people and I had to make them like me because I needed them to like me. And if they didn't, I would be like crushed about it. Um, but through the journey that God had me on, like has brought me into this like whole person, complete, a complete person that is able to stand up and instead of needing something from these people, like, I did not need a single thing. I was able to give out of, like, the complete whole person that I am. And, like, I shared a lot of this story that I'm sharing with you now. And I was able to, like, really encourage some people. Oh, my gosh. Just, like, I, even telling the story again is so crazy. But at the end of the show, like, I went up to my little merch table. And I was standing at the merch table. There was people lined up for an hour and a half to talk with me after the show. Wow. Wow. And just like lining up to talk to me to talk to me why what it's like <laughs> so insane but not even because it was like the most impressive thing they've ever seen because truly I'm not that impressive but it was like just it was just like the fact that I was able to connect with people and to like give them something that was like valuable and irreplaceable and to share like some truth with some authority because I've like really walked through some hard times and I can stand up there and I can say, like, hold on. Like, God is kind and God is good. Pay attention. Pay attention and, and listen to him. Because even if you're disappointed with where, what things look like right now, like, there are things under the surface for you if you are willing to be patient and wait for them to bloom when it's time. God is tending the garden for you. You touched on this slightly, but... There's a person listening right now who's facing like a crazy monkey wrench, not what I expected, change of plans in their life right now. What would you say to encourage them and what would your advice be to them? So good. I had a I had a conversation about the same topic with an old friend of mine 
uh, just a couple of days ago. I feel like even now in this moment in my life, after coming off of this like high of this like wild redemption story, and now I'm kind of cruising and I'm still like in the waiting. I've I've had a little bit of a turmoil about that because I'm I'm kind of like, okay, God, I thought the plan was I was going to be on arenas every night. Um, and I was only on one. So like, what's going on? Like, when are we doing the rest of it? And I really have like dealt with a lot of turmoil about that thinking like, okay, God, what are we do? Like, what are we doing? Like still, even after all of this and, and especially in light of all of this, I'm like, this was not in the script. Like this was definitely not in the plan, but I had a dream and I woke up in my dream, I woke up inception. <laughs> in my dream, I woke up and I went outside to water my garden because that's what I do every day. And my garden had been moved from the sun where I put it into the shade in a different part of my yard. And I went to my garden and I saw that everything I had planted was like cut off or eaten. It was like destroyed. My tomatoes were gone. And I had brought some bags with me because I wanted to collect like some fruits and vegetables and everything in my garden had been eaten up and I get down on my knees to look closer and uh, I'm really like so bummed because like a lot of time goes into making tomatoes grow you would be surprised and I see something in the soil and I start to move it to the side and I see it's like a big carrot like there's a big carrot under the soil and I keep digging like kind of just pushing more soil away to uncover the carrot and there's like more carrots there's like all the colors of carrots like that you see at Whole Foods, like the purple ones and the pink <laughs> ones and the yellow ones and the white ones, all of them were in my garden, like digging. And I was just digging and there was like, I started to put them in the bags and like my bags were full and there was more in the ground. I went to the other side of my garden and I moved the soil and there was like hundreds of radishes under the soil, like hundreds of rows of rat, like all these radishes that I did not plant. And, and I, I, pulled up another section and they were like little baby radish roots like they weren't ready to be harvested yet and uh I woke up from the dream and I felt like the Lord said like everything that you have planted for yourself everything that you had like tended to as far as your career like has been stolen from you and has been eaten up but you wanted to be in the spotlight but you've been moved to the hiddenness and the shade but that's where these roots grow deep everything that you had planted for yourself was taken from me that wasn't fair but like you what you didn't know is that I had planted seeds under the surface that you did not see the fruit of and like it is way more than you expect it's way it's just like way more than you could have planted for yourself and then that this is so crazy I swear like when I tell stories about like my life I'm like this is so crazy but that same that afternoon after I had this dream my grandma calls me on the phone and my grandma never calls me. We just don't call each other. It's like just not that relationship. And she calls me and she's like, I don't know how to say this to you. She said, I'm pacing around my living room and I was trying to type it out in a text, but it just wasn't right. So I'm just going to come out and say it. And I'm like, what? She said, I know that you're having a hard time. And anytime there's turmoil, then there's anytime there's turmoil in, inside of you, there's a sin in your heart. And you need to get on your knees before God and ask him what that sin is so that you can repent. And I was like, oh, my gosh, Grandma, that is so harsh. <laughs> like, Grandma laying down you, some yeah. something. Yeah, she's, yeah. Laying, she's laying the smack down on me. Yeah. I don't talk to my grandma, like, ever. <laughs> so I'm like, dang, Thanks, that, was, that was bold. Like, she just, I, yeah, 
anyway, so I was like, okay, like, I'll ask. Like, I'll yeah. ask the Lord what's going on. So I actually didn't have time, like, all day to spend time with the Lord. I was busy. But that night, it was team night for youth. It was the last one we did. I don't know if you were there. You were there because yeah. I saw you by the guac. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that needs to be like the beginning of a movie. Yeah, that should be in a chick or, flick. That like, needs oh, to, I saw you by the guac. That needs to be the name of the new name of this podcast. <laughs> oh I saw God. you by the guac. I saw you by the guac. Ruby, that's the, the middle, spin-off. the midweek one. The midweeks, yes. I saw you by the guac. That's so cute. Yeah, so it was youth team night and I, uh, I worship starts, I get on my knees and I just ask the Lord, like, what is, is there a sin in my heart? Like, what? What is it? And it was like he was like sitting on the edge of his seat all day, like just ready for me to ask. Cause like before it was even out of my mouth, he said, you're afraid that I'm not good and you don't believe me that I'm going to give you all the things I said I would give you. And that is like the heart. Like I think those are, that's like the core struggle of anybody that's going through a drastic change in their life or a flip of the script. You're just afraid like, like, because it's unexpected, you're afraid that it's not good. Um, and just because it wasn't in the story that you wrote for yourself doesn't mean that it's not good and it's not a miracle, like, in the making. And so when when you're going through something that's, like, opposite of what you thought um, and it seems it seems bad and it seems like a step backwards and it seems, like, unfair, the key is, like... You have to know and you have to trust. Like you have to know God enough to know that he is good. You have to believe that if it wasn't the truth, he wouldn't have said it. You know, that's, those are the things that I'm trying to hold on to. I'm like, God's, God's not a freaking liar. Like, oh, JK, I just wanted to teach you a lot of really hard lessons. And uh, now you can just figure it out yourself from here. No, definitely not. When you're in a season where you are realizing that, like, this isn't what I wanted. It's not what I thought. It's not, like, God, it seems like God told you something different. God is so mysterious, and it says in Ecclesiastes, like, God has made it so you'll never know the things that are coming for you. Like, he has set eternity in the hearts of man, so he will never know what comes after him. Like, that's part of the beauty of it. And, like, the quicker that you are ready to just accept and accept like the talents, like from the parable of the talents, like as uh, the quicker that you are ready to accept the talents that you're given, even if you get one and you feel like you deserve five, like as soon as you invest the one, like that's when you get to level up. Like that's when you get to move on is when you're like ready to invest like the really crappy situation that you get. Like I didn't want cancer, but that's like what I was handed. So I just thought like, how can I sow this? Like, how can I grow this into something better than what I was handed? And like, that's what God honors. Um, so whatever change in your life, whatever situation that you're being handed in your life that you didn't want, like your responsibility is still to sow that and to tend it and to water it and to make it grow into something better. That's your job. You don't like, don't waste your time being upset about what you were handed. That's not your job to understand or to know. Not everything can be understood. But your job is to, like, sow the seed that's in your hand, even if it's not the seed that you wanted. If you're walking through a plot twist, you're not the only one. Don't look away. Instead, 
lean in. Look at God in the face and listen. Even if your situation looks different than anything you expected, it doesn't mean it's not miraculous and it doesn't mean God's not there. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 8, 38-39 And hey, if this story meant something to you, will you give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts? We honestly love hearing your thoughts, and it's a great way to support the show. We do read them, and we even share some on our Instagram story sometimes, so feel free to screenshot your review, post it to your stories, and tag us at non-exclusive podcast so we can share. Thanks so much for being here.